We're going to get started tonight. We're going to talk about the early church. This is a question that I get all the time, or at least when I talk about Sabbath. One of the phrases that we hear all the time is, well, the early church met on Sunday. They always were meeting on Sunday. It's even in the Bible. And so I thought it was worthy to address that topic because it is there. I did put this in our Objection Overruled little booklet, but... Um, might be good to kind of see things here and be able to talk a little bit more about it than just a couple of pages that I had on it in regards there. So um, the first thing I want to show you is that the Bible is definitely not silent that they were meeting on the Sabbath. We see here in Acts 13, when they went to Antioch and Poseidon, they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and sat down. We see in verse 27, it says that they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, having fulfilled them in condemning him, speaking of Jesus. We see in verse 42 that uh, the Gentiles begged that those words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Okay, they were expecting it to be because that's when they were preaching constantly. Acts 15, 21, Moses had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So on one hand, you might be able to say on the first three that, well, they're going to the Sabbath because that's where the people were. It's just kind of like, well, if that's where they're at, we're going to go there so that we can witness to them. But when we get to Acts 15, as we've already talked about when we went through the book in Galatians, that they were, this is the Gentile church here in Acts 15, being welcomed into the church and they're giving them instructions and they say Moses is read every Sabbath so you're going to hear the law but therefore we expect you to do this this and this so clearly expectation was the Sabbath Acts 16 and on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made uh, Acts 17 2 then Paul as his custom was went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures these are just a few. Uh, we can look here in Acts 18.4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So this is something that is appearing time and time and time again. So where are we getting the idea that they meet on Sunday? Well, there are uh, three verses that we're going to primarily look at. So couple other things beyond like let's saying weigh these verses versus the three other verses we'll deal with but as I also put up here as a noteworthy item I find it interesting that the Antichrist spoken of in Daniel Daniel chapter 7 that when he comes one of the things he wants to do is to change the set times and seasons okay most people see that as the seasons of, of God not not summer, winter, spring, and fall, but rather the Moedim, which is translated as seasons in some cases, of God. The Moedim are the appointed times. So is the Antichrist going to try to get rid of Sabbath, get rid of um, the, the biblical festivals? Well, if the Antichrist types of the past are any indication, the answer would be yes. We see that's exactly what Antiochus Epiphanes did. We see that's what Titus did. We see that's what Pharaoh did in Egypt. They 
all have that same type of thing. And so I think that's at least worthy of, of thinking about. So let's look at this first day of the week. One of the primary reasons, and I've heard John MacArthur speak on this, uh, as well as others, that they say the church worshiped on Sunday to honor the resurrection of the Lord. That is true, and it's not true at the same time. You will see why. But I'm, because this is so important, I've got these verses where it is used, and I believe it's every single one of them in Scripture, but I wanted you to see the Greek because it's extremely important. Here we see 1 Corinthians 16.2. We're going to revisit this again later, but for now, I want you to see here what it says. You can see on the right is the English translation, where it says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. In other words, Paul was saying, as I want you guys, in this version, on the first day of the week, take a collection so that when I come... I don't have to go and collect the money because, and then as it goes on, I'm not going to read all of this, but in verse 16 and following, you see that he wanted to take a collection so that he could take it to Jerusalem by Pentecost. Okay? Just note that for now. I will revisit that later, but that's important in regard to this verse because this verse has a little different phrase than the other ones. If you look there, I've got it outlined in blue. You can see, Mion Sabaton. Notice that word sabaton. What word is that? Even according to the translation there in the Greek. Sabbath. Do you see the word Sabbath in the English translation anywhere? Nowhere. Okay, it literally says in the blue words going across the bottom is the literal translation of each of those Greek words. So it literally has there, according one day of Sabbath, each of you beside set let be placing. Okay? Why is it translated first day? We're going to get to that, why it's translated first day. But it literally says one Sabbath. Now the interesting aspect here, this word mia means one. Now curiously, in the 79 times that Mia appears in the New Testament, it is only translated as first in these three passages that I'm going to show you. Okay? Only there of the 79 times that it is used. So Mia is a cardinal number. It's used to express size, quantity, and amount. Not order, like first, second, third, but one, an amount. So, this literally should be translated one Sabbath, not first Sabbath. Or even if you want to say Sabbath means week, one week, not first week. All right, but if Paul wanted to convey that this was the first there is a word in Greek, proto, proton, pro, that means first. And uh, not a cardinal number, but uh, an order. Okay? So, what we're going to do is kind of show you some of these others. We're going to, like I said, revisit this verse in a moment, but take note of that. You can see here, mia sabaton. 
Here are the other two, John 20, verse 19, and Acts 20, verse 7. These are in regards to the church meeting. All right? So on this one, on the right, it says for John 20, verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. So here we see the early church are meeting. They're having prayer. And Jesus appears. Boom, there he is. Wow. You know, okay, see, this is proof the church was meeting on Sunday, the first day of the week. Let's go look at the Greek there. I've got it highlighted in blue again. There's two lines of it. That's why I've got two blue squares there. Here you see Mia again. We've already talked about what that means. One, it's even showing you there in the Greek. And then uh, tone of the, and then sabaton on the bottom. One of the Sabbaths. That's what it says. Acts 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, reading to depart on the morrow, and so on. Ready to depart. The point being is what we see is the church is meeting again. See, it must be on Sunday. However, here's the Greek again. Mia, ton, sabaton. Uh, one of the Sabbaths. But it's translated as weeks. So, there's a couple of things here. Let's just say for a moment that Sabbath does mean weeks. Because there's translators that have said this. And I'm going to show you why. It's kind of interesting why, but let's just say for a moment that that could be the case. I don't have a problem with that, to say first of weeks. And you'll see why in a moment. Very important as well. But in John 20, verse 19, the meeting seems to be Saturday afternoon until Sunday morning. You know, we have Saturday night Bible study here in our home. Oftentimes, it actually goes into the first day of the week. Because an evening, their day starts... As a matter of fact, every time it really goes to the first day of the week, whether it's the Roman calendar or the Hebrew calendar, it seems. But remember that Saturday ends at sundown. Sunday morning would technically be when we're having Bible study. Okay? And so Saturday night, when the Jews would meet, more often than not, a Saturday went long for them. They didn't want their Sabbath to end. Paul preached till midnight until this guy falls out of the window, right? And so we're seeing that technically they were meeting on both Saturday and Sunday. If we wanted to really get technical about this, that they would be still meeting on the first day of the week because they met on the Sabbath that led into the first day of the week. So, again, not a problem there as well. That's what we see in these two verses, but that's what the Greek says. Now... There's one other place that this can be used, and that is in connection to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see three verses that deal with the resurrection. We have Mark 16, 9, Mark 16, 2, and then also again in Matthew 28. All three dealing with the resurrection. So, what we see here is in Mark 16, 9, I've got the Greek outlined there again. You see 
Mia does not appear, does it? It's not one Sabbath. In this case, it is in the morning to first day of Sabbath. In other words, we see first Sabbath. I have kind of literally how it's translated in black there. The Hebrew, or the, not the Hebrew, but the Greek would literally say first of day of Sabbaths is how it translates. Okay, below that you see verse 2 and it's basically the exact same thing. Uh, morning of the, of one of Sabbaths, which would be one day of Sabbaths. That's how it would translate in Greek. And then Matthew 28, verse 1. You can see the Sabbath is mentioned twice there. The one that we're comparing is really the one on the right side. And there we see Mion again, Sabbaton. So literally one of Sabbaths there. Okay. Now, why is this? I believe that this is Sunday. Based on the Greek and the tradition of it because of what these things are called. Sabbath is not just Saturday. Sabbath is also, as a matter of fact, Monday, this last Monday was a Sabbath. This coming Monday is going to be a Sabbath, as well as Saturday. There are Sabbaths and there are special Sabbaths. When you have festivals, they all, a lot of them have Sabbaths, days of rest. What we see is that Jesus was our Passover lamb. We've talked about that before. You guys have all gone to a Seder with me. And we know that what happens three days after a Seder meal, you have a, a, another festival. Anybody remember what it is? First fruits. So, Jesus rises on first fruits. That is this day that is being talked about right here. Now, I'm going to show you that scripturally. Now, I'm not just, this isn't just Jewish tradition. This is biblical commandment. Okay? So, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you the next couple of slides showing you that the Feast of First Fruits is going to explain these passages. And, but notice, though, at least these first two, we see first. There's a reason for that. And I'll try and come back to Matthew 28. It just says, one of Sabbaths. That's because there will be seven Sabbaths between first fruits and Pentecost or Shavuot. You are to count seven Sabbaths. And then after seven Sabbaths, you have a 50th day, which is Pentecost or Shavuot. They, count, they call this the counting of the Omer. Counting for these 50 days. And I'll show you scripturally when it's supposed to start, right at, right at first fruits. And then what we see is you start counting the Sabbaths. So, when the church was meeting and it says one Sabbath, could have been any of them. But here at the resurrection, it seems that this is the first of the seven Sabbaths. Which is why we see it mentioned twice that way. 
which Matthew, though, is saying one of Sabbaths. Okay? One of the seven you might interject in there, possibly. That would fit contextually with the other two verses. The entire linguistic basis of the Sabbath meaning a week is derived from just nine New Testament texts. And every one of those, the reason is, is because we've been told that it's okay to say that a Sabbath means weeks. What you don't know, or a lot of people need to understand, is that dictionaries, Bible dictionaries, lexicons, that they can be used as propaganda pieces. It, it, it's human error can be in there as well. One of the most famed dictionaries is called the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. Uh, it's on Bible Logos. It's on a lot of the apps that you can get. TDNT, the, theolo or, uh, the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. I'm not going to show you all of this today. I'm just going to tell you if you want to do your own research, you can. But the editor of this dictionary was such an anti-Semite that later many of the church rejected him. He was a major, major anti-Semite. Okay? Uh, a German literal Christian theo liberal theologian is what he was. Yeah. So, anyway, with that said, that's just a quick answer to weeks. The only reason, there's no other reason that we should really call it weeks outside of that we've been told that's what it means. We know what the Greek word for Sabbath is, and we know that that's the word that's used here. Okay, so let's look at this biblical command that you are to count seven, seven Sabbaths after first fruits. What we read here in Leviticus 23, verse 15, which is talking about all of these festivals, right? The biblical festivals, it says, You shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath. What's the day after Sabbath? Sunday. From the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering... What day do you bring the wave offering? First fruits. Seven Sabbaths shall be completed. So, if you have any acquaintance with a Wednesday crucifixion of Jesus, which is what I believe happened, there was a Sabbath resurrection. Okay, Thursday, that, what would have happened is he would have been three days and three nights in the grave. He would have basically rested on the Sabbath, obeying the command of God, probably right at the end of the Sabbath, which would be Saturday night, rose up, probably spent some time with the Father, the angels, whatever he did. Mary, she's waiting for the Sabbath to get over, but it's over and now it's dark, so she can't go. So she waits till morning, and at first dawn, she goes out there. And does she see him rising? No, he's already gone. We're on first fruits. So they go there, and the first fruit offering is being made. Whatever Jesus is doing, he is being the first fruit offering. So, keep that in mind. Torah, the Bible, the law, Moses, the Old Testament, it all memorializes Sunday. A lot of people don't realize this, that Sunday is not an anti-biblical date. There's nothing wrong with Sunday. Well, maybe except the name, I suppose you could argue that. But the point being is that 
a lot of people look down on Sunday worship or what you, you shouldn't. Sunday should be memorialized, but it should be memorialized the way God told you to memorialize it. What we see is five verses earlier in this Leviticus 23 passage that I just showed you. It says, reap its harvest. This is, you know, first fruits, right? Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. And on the day after the Sabbath, that's Sunday, the priest shall wave it. You shall offer on that day, Sunday, when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. So, what was happening is, the priest would bring in the first fruits of the offering, and it was waved before the Lord on Sunday. The first fruit offering was to be made on Sunday. God memorialized Sunday, right here. The first day of the week. Very important to understand that. I also like this to be accepted on your behalf, just like we must accept Jesus. Okay, he was the offering. He was the priest. He offered it. It's on our behalf. You have to accept it, though. But anyway, um, I think then Paul, being a Jew, familiar with first fruits, I think this is exactly what he had in mind was Leviticus 23, when he recognizes Jesus Christ as our first fruit offering, made on Sunday, as it should be. 1 Corinthians 15, 20, But now Christ is risen from the dead. He's talking about a resurrection. And when did this happen? And has become the first fruits. I think he's even attaching the first fruit offering, Yeshua, to Sunday morning. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Long before the resurrection, do you know what day the offering of first fruits was held on? Sunday. The resurrection didn't make Sunday a special day. I mean, well, it did, but you know what I mean. It, wasn't, it didn't make it special for the first time. It had been special for all of that time, should be special to this day, as we celebrate first fruits. However, not every Sunday is the first fruits. You have the first fruits right after Passover, and then you start counting the Omer, and you're going to have seven of those after Passover. So, Paul's taking us back. There isn't a Jew in the world that wouldn't have read that first fruits, and their mind wouldn't have gone back to the Torah in 1 Corinthians 15 there. Leviticus 23, verse 15 continues, saying, You shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. So, that's what I'm talking about is counting the Omer, counting these 50 days. It leads you to Pentecost or what the, Greeks, or the uh, Jews called Shavuot. This is why the people assembled was because of, they knew, listen, we're supposed to gather every Sabbath. Uh, we're going to have seven of these, I should say, first days of the week that we are going to be gathering together. We're going to be praying. We're going to be ready and we're going to be counting the Omer just like the Torah told us to do, so that 
we're going to be ready when Shavuot comes. That's what they, I think that's why we read that in those cases, the Jews were meeting on the first or one of the Sabbaths. Okay? Or the first of the Sabbaths. So when we see the resurrection on the first of the Sabbath, it would be the one, the very first one that you start counting of those seven. That's being described here. Um, I think that's all I need to talk about on that one. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, going back to that one. Another interesting thing is tithing. This is, again, one of those verses because they'll say, well, this is when Paul told them to collect money, where it said, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may be uh, no collections when I come. So today we hear, see, Paul said, take your tithe, get your collections on Sunday. Well, first of all, when this is happening, when Paul is talking about that, we see, as I showed you earlier, if you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 16, he's talking about Pentecost is coming up. So, they would be meeting on one of these Sabbaths. And Paul is saying, hey, I want you on one of these seven Sabbaths to be collecting the money so that when I come, and he even says in 16, so I can take it to Jerusalem, which is exactly where Pentecost had to be held, and that he wouldn't have to collect it then when he came. As a matter of fact, Jews typically don't even take offerings anyway on Saturday throughout any of the year. So it would also kind of make sense that they would do that at other times. Because, strangely enough, did you know that the Old Testament said that you were supposed to take a, up a collection on Sunday, not Saturday. Here's what the Jews say. Uh, I didn't get the thing quoted here, but this is the Jewish teaching. Because we are not allowed, when asked, why don't Jews pass the collection plate on Shabbat? Because we are not allowed to carry money on Shabbat. The rabbis have forbidden the carrying of money, lest we be tempted to do commerce on Shabbat. Makes sense, right? You're not supposed to buy or sell. Yeah. But in addition to paying dues to our religious institutions, we do pass the hushka, the collection tin, at weekday morning, minion, and other times. So they take their collection at other times, not on Sabbath. So when Paul says this, that's not a surprise. It's almost expected that this would happen. Um, so... In essence, we've got three verses, just to kind of review here a little bit. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Acts 20, verse 7, and John 20, 19 and following. The only places in the New Testament where first day of the week is used outside of the resurrection narrative. Acts chapter 20, where it said, On the first day of the week we came together to break bread. Well, that's what they were doing, even in Old Testament times on the first day of the week, or perhaps on one of the Sabbaths. Right? Makes sense. Then we see um, in John 20, verse 19, 
on the evening of the first day of the week, or one of the Sabbaths, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Same, same thing. And then we see, uh, which one did I skip? X 20, can't find it here now. But anyway, you get the point. They're all the same. So we have three verses mentioning Sunday, possibly, there. Uh, well, with the resurrection, definitely, I think. But how many mentioning Shabbat, that they were meeting on Shabbat? At least I think I showed you six or seven. So, had Paul introduced Sunday worship, is, which is what many, like John MacArthur teaches, that I think he may have been accused of, well, uh, blasphemy, he would have been stoned to death. I mean, they didn't like the guy. But let me tell you, their pet doctrine, the Jews of that day, was the Sabbath. You don't mess with that. He'd have been even stoned by most of the Messianics. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, when he was accused of teaching against circumcision and Jewish customs in Acts chapter 21, there was nothing about Sabbath brought up, but he said, no, I... I, I stand by Jewish customs. I stand by the Torah, the law of God. He wouldn't have been able to say that had he been teaching against Sabbath. And so going back here to look at this Leviticus 23, it really explains why Acts chapter 20 verse 7 says what it does. That they were meeting on one of the Sabbaths of the counting of the Omer. And therefore, taking Scripture and letting Scripture interpret Scripture, this makes sense, rather than letting what the world has said to us today that the Sabbath has been replaced by Sunday. Um, what I like as well is note that you do not eat bread until after the Sabbath. Look what it says here in Leviticus. Let's read this again, starting in verse 11 there. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath. That's when you wave the sheaf. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever. When were the disciples gathering to break bread? Was it Sabbath? Sunday. Not because of the resurrection, but because of the commandments of God in Leviticus 23. Acts 20, verse 7, Now on the first day of the week, or one of the Sabbaths, and in this context, probably one of those seven, Paul, uh, or it says, uh, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, Don't get me wrong, they are allowed to eat bread on Sabbath. This is talking about a special gathering. So it could go either way, but nonetheless, I think this is probably what's going on here. Yeah. Is that from a Jewish perspective of the following day? Because that would be a Sunday. So are they gathering yep. to eat after dark on what we would still see as Saturday? That's a good question. I would say that in this case is probably Sunday evening, what we would call I am what we would call Saturday evening, but what they would call the beginning 
of the next day, Sunday. So, so in the evening, and especially in this case, because he continued speaking until midnight. So didn't eat bread through the day. In the evening, which is really Sunday morning, but our Saturday night, he's eating bread, preaching until midnight, falls out. So kind of like what I said at the beginning, that, you know, Saturday and Sunday there are included in the daylight hours in a sense. Well, shouldn't say daylight hours, but here's kind of an interesting NIV note on this verse as well regarding Acts chapter 20, verse 7. The first day might reflect the biblical principle of devoting the first of one's earnings to God, although payment was by day rather than by week, or it might recall Jesus' resurrection. Christians also may have often met on the first day of the week in honor of Jesus' resurrection, although our first explicit evidence for this role for Sunday comes from the second century at the earliest from half a century after Paul's letter. In keeping with your income, this kind of giving fits biblical models. So basically, they're admitting the concept of Sunday worship doesn't come about until much later but that it was okay to worship on Sunday and that it came from probably these biblical principles. So even the NIV is at least recognizing, you know, this is not, this isn't something that, you know, is new to Christianity today. It's just not accepted by Christianity today because we've already got, you know, the line we're supposed to toe. How about looking at some history here, getting close to closing out, but did the church meet on Sabbath historically then? Was the NIV right there, that it doesn't come about? Well, here's what we see, and this kind of maybe answers, maybe Marks, I don't remember who asked that question, but the people of Constantinople and almost everywhere assembled together on the Sabbath, as well as on the first day of the week. Which, is, which custom is never observed at Rome or at Alexandria. So there were people keeping the Sabbath and you know, Saturday and Sunday at the time there of Constantinople. And this is from Socrates. We have here in uh, Matthew 15, 17, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I can't help but ask if this isn't what we do today when we teach as doctrine the commands of men to say that, you know, Jesus replaced the Sabbath. Or Paul replaced the Sabbath. Sunday replaced the Sabbath. I don't need to show you all the Catholic doctrines from their own books telling you they are the ones that changed it long after Jesus. Paul and Jesus didn't change it. As a matter of fact, Jesus commanded Sunday way back in Leviticus 23, since Jesus is the Word of God. Matthew 15, 3, a little few verses later, he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? And yet today we have so many who not only don't keep the Sabbath, but are upset if others do. Are we transgressing the commandments because of the traditions of men? Okay. 
Again, I'm not saying that if you have not kept the Sabbath or what, that you're not a believer, you're going to hell. I don't believe that. That's not what I'm saying here at all. What I'm saying is we need to stand up for truth, and when we know the truth, we should try and follow the truth because there's a blessing in that. It brings honor and glory to God. When we say the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, what's that even mean? To, to hallow God's name, how do you do that? You know, wear a cross on your t-shirt? Well, possibly, yeah. Anything that brings glory to God. Any way you are following God is hallowing or making His name holy. But I find it interesting that the Sabbath is holy. In, in, is it Jeremiah or Isaiah who says, if you, you know, make my, whole, my day honorable, if you remember my holy day, I'm kind of screwing up how it's worded there, but he calls it my holy day, and it's to be honored. It's to be holy. It's to be remembered. It's to be protected. And very few in Christianity today want to do any of those things. But that's what Sabbath is. And so I say this to point out, listen, we can't follow the traditions of men, but we need to go by what God's Word says. And Leviticus is very clear about it. That yes, Sunday is to be honored on first fruits. But Saturday is to be honored as the Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath. And I just see the scriptures when the Greek is saying on one Sabbath, makes sense. Has the devil ever tried to destroy this truth before? We kind of opened up saying that, going to kind of close out, bringing it back to that. Yeah. Remember the Inquisitions. It says, declare that the sign of the whatever vow dois, I don't know, deemed worthy of death, was that he followed Christ and sought to obey the commandments of God. In the Inquisitions, if you, you, know, you followed Christ and sought to obey the commandments, that identified you as a Christ follower, right? Look at this here from the Catholic Church in the Council of Laodicea. Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Saturday, but shall work on that day. The Catholic Church is the one that stepped in and says, not only are you not supposed to keep the Sabbath, you are to even defile it by working on it. We command you to work on it. Because if you don't, you're being idle. Remember, uh, Daniel Joseph not long ago talked about that, that Pharaoh, as a type of Antichrist, that's the same thing he did. He says, lazy, you're lazy. Moses had said that they're supposed to rest, and Pharaoh says, you're lazy when you try to rest on this day. And so that picture of the Antichrist is there. I think the devil has been trying to ruin this forever because from creation it was set apart to be special. It wasn't from Moses that the Sabbath was set apart. As we're going to talk about soon, the Sabbath was honored before Mount Sinai. It, it was... It began at creation, and they knew of it before then. It just became written on stone in the days of Moses. I'll show you that later, biblically. So to close out here, let's look at the Catholic Provincial Council at Bergen. It says, We are informed that some people in different districts of the kingdom have adopted and observed Saturday keeping. It is severely forbidden in Holy Church canon one and all to observe days excepting those which the Holy Pope, Archbishop, and the bishops command. 
Saturday keeping must under no circumstances be permitted. Hereafter further than the church canon commands. Therefore we counsel all the friends of God throughout all Norway who want to be obedient towards the holy church to let this evil of Saturday keeping alone and rest we forbid under penalty of severe church punishment to keep Saturday holy. Okay, sounds to me like the devil has tried to destroy this truth, and I think he's done a good job. I think it's time for us to stand up and say no more of it. But at least I hope that you can see that the idea that Saturday Sabbath was changed in the Bible, but you know, by the disciples or by Jesus, simply cannot be supported scripturally. And every time it is tried to be supported scripturally, they take you to these verses, these three, or the, the resurrection, but the ones outside of the resurrection, there are three that the church is meeting. But you can show them in the Greek. Everybody's got a phone today. You don't even have to have a Bible app. You can just say, hey, Siri, or Google um, this verse in Greek. It'll pop up for you. And you can see that it says one Sabbath. Okay, it's right there. So, 